Hi there, you're listening to The Jasmine Star Show, a conversational business podcast for small business owners all over the world. My name is Jade Hall, Chief Operating Officer for Social Curator, and I'm here to introduce a coaching session Jasmine recently had with Social Curator users about the key to making sales for your business. In this episode, you'll hear her answer questions about everything from keeping the interest going for a product or service that you've previously launched to attracting your ideal client on social media. If you'd like more sales for your business, this episode is a juicy one, and I'm sure you'll love Jasmine's raw, tactical advice. So without further ado, let's listen in. My name is Alison Solomon. I'm an ADHD parent coach. So I work with moms who have a child with ADHD and help them go from chaos to calm because I am the proud mom of three teens all with ADHD. So here is my question. I really feel that I have, and perhaps this is being arrogant, so forgive me, but I feel like I've nailed the no like and trust factor. I get people sending me DMs. Thank you so much. I love your content. But what I'm struggling to do is how do I ask for sales? So, and I'll give you an example for today. I have got five emails for one person who's in a similar business to me, who's launching a product, five emails nonstop. I don't know how much is too much, how much is too little. When do you ask? You know, I'm following the social curator format, but I'm lost as to when I actually ask for a sale. So when you talked about this five, a point of clarity, a clarifying question is when you talk about this five, these five emails, what, what can you explain? Like, what do you mean? So I'm a special offer. Uh, join my group uh, today. It's four ninety nine. This is what you're going to get. So I'm finding that people in my space are bombarding me with emails, trying to get me to buy their product. And it's sort of nonstop. I'm not doing that in my emails. So my emails are all about value. Let me help you solve a problem. And then, but I'm not asking like they are blatantly for sale. So am I doing it the wrong way by not going out there and saying, hey, I'm great buy from me is is serving them and just hoping that they're going to become my customer is not working either. So where is the fine line between those two things? Perfect. So we'll start here. You do not get what you do not ask for. Okay. And so I don't know about you, Allison, but let me talk about from personal experience. I would say I don't want to bombard. I want to be different. I want the sales to come to me because people inherently understand the value. And that was my truth. And when I look back at it, and I am not saying that this is happening to you, I was so uncomfortable to ask. And that's different. Yeah. I need to own that I was uncomfortable asking somebody for the sale and I was dressing it as, I don't want to bother you and I don't want to bombard. The minute I took power in understanding what that was, And when we talk about sales, I used to think that asking for a sale was smarmy, slimy. I felt like it was pathetic. I thought it was desperate. The story I was telling myself is, if you are that good, they will come to you. I think a portion of that, a tiny bit of this is true. There will be some people who see your value so distinctly and say, I must work with Allison. But the vast majority of people will not. We must ask. We must ask. And there's power in asking. And actually, you don't even ask for the sale. You present the sale. You present an offer. And then somebody 
can look at it. And this is when we talk about those emails. It's like, you know, you're like, oh, but they're doing this and oh, but they're doing that. I do not think you should do that all the time. But when you are in the mode and in your promotion, when you're in the scope of asking for a sale, you should absolutely address every objection. You should make a very clear offer. You should meet them where they are in their journey with you and where they know you. What's coming up for you? I feel like something's so because I'm I'm still sort of a little confused. You're right. I'm not asking, and that's why I'm not getting sales. But you know, in the post, is it a PS? If you want to do one-on-one coaching with me, wh- when do you actually ask? I guess that's the question. I know I need to ask, and I know I have imposter syndrome. I mean, the, the queen. I'm the queen of self-doubt. I get it. you hit the nail on the head. But I'm still not. You know, if I'm not, if I'm running a promotion, do you I, every day in that? in my Instagram post, talk about my offer? Is it as blatant as that? Or is it subliminal in terms of asking? Okay. There's a lot here. I created an entire course on sales. We, we can't just sit here and say, okay, so on day one, it's this. And on day two, it's this. And on day three, it's, that. it's different for everybody. So what we need to do is create a foundational thing. Like when you say, if I'm in a promotion, then it would lead me to ask you, well, when are you in promotions? Are you in promotion every month, every quarter, once a year? Because then that changes the narrative of how you're asking for a sale. If you're open in perpetuity and anybody can buy it at any specific time, well, then the, the cadence in which you're asking for the sale then changes on what it is that you do. So let's just pretend for the sake of this conversation that you go into cyclical promotions. And let's say each promotion is once a quarter, right? So Mm -hmm. once every three months, you're going to gear up and have a specific ask around a particular offer. If then we do that, well, then in between each of those three months, the only thing Allison is doing is giving, 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 positioning yourself, positioning yourself. And sure, perhaps they could get other offers in the process of it. But what you're doing is you're building trust and you're building out your newsletter list so that when you hit the promotion, the level of consistency stays the same, but the ask becomes different. So, so the permission is, is that when you're in launch, you're asking. When you're not in launch, you're serving. Yes. But then there are people like, for instance, right now in social curator, there was a time where we had closed enrollment. You can only join once of three times a year. So our promotion was so heavily indexed on just during that time, during this five day window, you're either in or you're out. We have since shifted as we went to a subscription and now we're in open enrollment. Now I will absolutely every so often be inviting people like today, I went on my stories and I said, I'm doing exclusive group coaching on how to get people to your website from social media. People can't get access to that exclusive coaching unless they, what? Oh, they send me a DM. What is this? Where is this? And I said, oh, it's on the inside of our private community. If you'd like more information, please let me know. Nine times out of 10, they say, yes, I send them a link to join. That's it. I'm still making the offers all year round now that we're in open enrollment. However, I am not coming out and saying, buy social curator today. People will go tone deaf to it. So my objective is to create and incite desire. And people who are in that next level, I want that will immediately reach out to you. But for the people who are just kind of like, I'm just watching and seeing who my, who my coach will be. Then when you get into promotion period during that time, you are unapologetic about asking and making an offer unapologetic. And here's the thing. I'm apologetic. I need to have that tattoo on my skin. Because, but I'm not saying you're unapologetic because I'm a sales gangster. You're unapologetic because there are families who are in desperate need of the knowledge and insight and success that you have. And so if you remain apologetic, I do have an offer that could radically change your life and have an impact on your children and your future generation. And you could get your life back and your children will look at you and have a conversation with you. The thing that you once desired, but no, 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 I'm not sure if you actually want that. You know what it is they want. Yeah. You must defend your worth. You must say that I have something that will have transformative effects and you do not apologize for that. Yeah. Another thing, just as the little cherry on the top here, 
let's use any social platform at this point in time. Let's use Instagram. Organically, around 2 to 3% of your audience will see any given point. Organically. Yeah. So let's just say, hypothetically, for the sake of math, you have a thousand followers and you put out a post. Well, guess what? 30 people will see your offer. Of the 30 people who see your offer, about statistically, two to three percent of them would even be qualified. Of the two to three percent who would even be qualified, you'd have to say, are they interested? Do they have the time? Do they have the wherewithal? So, girlfriend, you're going to have a lot of posts to have to be reaching a larger percentage of people of that two or three percent who are actually qualified to buy the thing that is you, you are doing and what you are doing when you are doing it. So, you, again, you remain unapologetic during your card open time. You give a very clear offer. You address objections. You make yourself as the coach to give them not a course, not coaching, but to give them transformation. Once that is done, you go back to serve, 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 incite desire. Beautiful. Thank you. That's just the clarity that I needed. And I'm hanging on to that word unapologetic because you Mm -hmm. are right. I have a great service and and I can help so many people. And I just need to put myself out there and say, you know what? This is it. It's time for me to step into my light and say, this is it. Join me. Because I, I can help that. you. So, Allison, if you can do me a favor, if you can get a, a notebook, piece of paper, or a post-it, yeah. and you just write, I am unapologetic. <laughs> it's written you down. Put that, you put that down. But I need it. You held up an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. <laughs> but what I want is one piece of paper or a post-it note that says, okay. I am unapologetic. And that's what you see. And that's what you see. You put it on a mirror. You put it on your computer. You put it on a laptop. You put it somewhere. So, Allison, how can people and parents with children ADHD who want your power and your purpose to help you give them a transformation? Where can they find you so they can find me at my instagram handle is at allison lee solomon and on facebook i'm at the adhd mamas in a circle i love that thank you so much for me thank you jasmine and so honored and so humble thank you 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 are i look forward to your texts your you motivate me i just love everything and and thank you i'm extremely grateful to you Mm, and i'm unapologetic about it (laughs) (laughs) thank you doll hi jasmine i'm so excited to talk to you today Thank All right. So oh, I can't wait. All right. My name is Devin. And if you have ever been in a world language classroom and have never been able to say more than bonjour or hola, what I do is I help world language teachers move out of working with very typical classroom methods to something that truly empowers their students to use meaningful language in class while still leaving with the buses on time. So with my audience of teachers, my question for you is, I am incredibly grateful for my audience. They're amazing. Teachers are great to work with. And I have a highly engaged audience. They're hella awesome. And they've been with me for a long time. And as I'm working to move them into a new phase with me, they're used to buying very small ticket items from me because my usual products are small ticket lessons and things that are, you know, maybe like the four to $6 price range. I've previously sold a course before that was much more expensive. That was 127. It did well on my email list, but very little engagement with social media. So I'm relaunching it again. And now that it's been revamped, it's going to have an even higher price ticket. And so I'm wondering how can I work with my teachers who already love what I do, but are used to a very small price tag How can I get them to warm up to something that I know that they need and that they're going to love, but is expensive? So is the course um, different than what you're doing currently with the lower priced items? What are the deliverables for the lower priced item? And what's the juxtaposition between the deliverable for the course itself? Is the course just more? 
The course has some of the lesson plans in it, but the course is on the teaching method itself. So it's the, it's the overall, like, this is what you need in order to implement all these smaller ticket items. It goes well together, but they might not be used to something that's, you know, around $200. <laughs> the, the parallels between what we're doing right now is just kind of crazy. So um, people will not be accustomed to a higher ticket item. So our objective is to create value that is a complete differential. So my question to you is part of the course, do they get access to anything that they don't get access to for the lower ticket items? That's how you associate value. It's proximity to you as the instructor that then drives up the price. Yes. So there's weekly coaching with me on this specific teaching method, but there's also the foundational, everything that they need to know in order to make this work for them, but also the piece that's missing from what you would get just from the lesson plans, which is this is how you do it without losing your mind and staying in your work desk until 7 p.m. Like that's the big value in there is that's what the course is really about because the the individual small ticket items are lesson plans, which might make one day easier, but this course is going to change your whole year. Okay, I'm ready to buy. Now I'm not even a teacher. It's like, so you know, you know everything. You know the positioning, you know the value add, you know the differentials. So you're my main focus for you would be to come up with every objection that a teacher would come up with right now. And I could probably tell you that it's not um, it's not within their personal budget that they want the school to license it so that they get one of the license. Mm -hmm. They don't have time that even though the, the course is probably everything they want and ever dreamt of, they actually don't have. 30 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day to actually go through the content and then deploy against it. Like I need you to come up with every excuse. And then I need you to come back with a very clear objection buster and you bust objections by three specific methodologies that we practice on the inside of social curator, on the inside of SOS selling on social. But one of them would be to refute by uh, I, things that are lost. Like if you don't do this, then what? And oftentimes when somebody says, well, I don't have money, that's true. But then you need to find a way to speak and only the way that you know how to speak to teachers around, you might not have money, but is there a way that you could find the money? Could you crowdsource? Could you go to student teachers? Could you go to PTA? Could you go to a local pizzeria to help them fund you? And then like, you have to find a solution to every objection so that they're left with, I have no more excuses. I have to determine if this is just a thing that I want to do. So you've sold me, you know, your value add. You've created differentials. You know it's the solution. You can clearly speak to it. Now, all of your attention, bust the objections. Outward face the objections. Your objections become your content during launch. If you know that people can see the value, then your only, object, then your only goal is to come out and say, there's no more excuses because you've thought of every single one of them. In fact, on your sales page, or just on a link for anybody who DMs you and says, oh, I don't have money. Be like, it's so crazy. And then you send like a, one sentence. I used to believe that I didn't have money, but what I really realized I wasn't doing was finding a way to find money. I actually posted about that here. And then you link to that one doc. It could be, it could be ghetto fab, like a Google doc. And it could be just like the, you know, five main objections to why you don't want to buy this course. Number one, be like, just tell me I didn't know you. Number two, see, I told you I know you. Number three, and it's like they read all of it and they're like, you're busting objections they didn't know they had. And they're like, okay, I'm done. So I feel like in this particular case, because you are so certain, you're so aware, you know your customer, you know the journey, you know the offer. It's like, well, now bust objections. That's, that's, that's just it. I feel like you're just 
validating so much. I was afraid to do it, but it feels really good hearing it from somebody like you to say that, yeah, I need to go out there and just freaking do it. Cause I sold the same thing last year and it was, even though I, I used all the same things that I did for all of my other posts that get a ton of engagement, it was a little bit of crickets when it was time to sell on social, but I didn't experience the same thing with my email list. So I'm thinking to myself, how can I frame these objections really well this time around now that I know exactly what I need to do and what that looks like? Is this a, a rhetorical question or a question to me? Like, what do you mean? Let me clarify. This is a, this is a question for you. Ask me the question again, like I'm five. How do I write this out to teachers so that it's not like in your face? I know that you got this. I know that you need this, even though it might not be what you want to say to other people. Like maybe you don't want to, how do I list out those objections so that it's exactly in their language and I'm no longer getting the, the crickets from them? You do it like you do it like how you do it. Like, I think that you're dancing between this, like, I don't know how to, uh, like, talk to them or tell them that I know where they're at. That's that's what you do. That's for sales. Convictional sales comes from, I was, I used to be, I made changes, here's the path. That's it. And so, I want you to write copy, and this is where people get stuck. So, I put, can you write me a note And I tell you, I really want your course and literally write the note to me. Make it make sense for me. I want to buy your course and I don't have $197. And then you just write down, here's a few, like what you want probably would say, I know what it's like to not have this money and not to have support from the school district. I know what it's like to work in incomes where in, in areas where income is really tight, where parents hardly are giving kids money for their school lunches. And here I am asking to invest $197. I also know that when I made myself excuses, I wasn't able to get to where I want to go. So here's a few ideas of how I generated money or how I've seen other teachers generate money, or just, it could be, here's a few ideas of what you could do to generate $197. You have a bake sale, have your kids make piñatas if you're teaching Spanish. Have your kids go to Costco, buy a case of croissants for $14, sell that box for 30. Make sure that the school goes around and ask all the teachers on on PTA night, have the French club go. I mean, you need to give ideas for a person to go to the school and say, this club did this. I want to buy this. So then the next objection is I don't have time. I know how hard it would be, but what it would look like during your 10 minute break to have five minutes. I know that walk down the hallway to relieve yourself during break, it goes far too fast and somebody's always going to stop you in the hall. But what would it look like every Tuesday between your middle of your break to put up, to put out the lights and say, I'm studying. Like you have to just come out and speak. This is how you make it work. And then when you write it to me, it doesn't feel like you're selling me. Like you're explaining, Hey, Jasmine, I used to do this, or I've heard this, or my friends who are teachers do this. I know that. And you're not selling a course, you're selling hope, you're selling transformation, but more than anything, you have to explain, you're selling time that these teachers are so tired of doing the same thing that they know it's not working, but they're not going to do anything to change it because this is just what it is. Stop dialing it in. Well, what it look like for you to be passionate to teach, passionate to speak, work with kids where you see light bulbs go on and then not take your home, your work home and be grading papers at 8 PM. Like that's all the language you have to speak. You hit it. You hit it. That's, uh, I know exactly how valuable it is. I know what I'm worth for what this course is going to offer and the transformation that my other students had last year. But the problem that I have is 
that I've been in those shoes. I know what it's like to ask your admin for money and it's hard. So what I need to do is maybe even just write the note to myself to what it was like, mm-hmm. what it was like to do that mm-hmm. three or four years ago and what that felt like. I'm afraid to go there because it was hard, but mm. that's probably where the real stuff's going to come from. A hundred percent. You know it. Now you just have to do it. And then when you start using the responses that you wrote to yourself, you're going to feel embarrassed. You're going to feel awkward and you're yeah. going to feel open and you're going to feel vulnerable. But I'm going to tell you that the people who get behind you and invest, they're all in. And those are the people that you want. How can people find you, your amazingness, and getting people interested to talk about a new language? (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm at La Libre Language Learning on Facebook and Instagram, and that's my website too, LaLibreLanguageLearning.com. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Dolly. I appreciate it. Thank you. I am a photographer, and I specialize in travel, tourism, and events. And so the pandemic gave me the push I needed to um, go into selling my prints. So offering prints that I've taken over the years that people always requested. Um, so, for you. Um, but my question is, after I launch and people buy once, how do I keep the interest going? Ooh. Oh, that's your question. I love it. Like, I, I just want to jump in, but I want to make sure you asked all of your yes. questions. Okay. How are you, how are you selling your prints? And the main question that I really want to know here is how much customer data do you have on your, a previous customer? Uh, so it's a gallery online and they can go in and then they can buy the print and then a lab sends it. So I have like their name and their email and their address. Great. So you are the point, like you're the conduit. You have all of the customer data. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> and so once you have that customer data, is it integrated? And I might be using words that are unfamiliar with you. So you just tell me if it, like, if I need to say it a different way, Okay. is the place where they buy them integrated with an email service provider? Like, can you export the, all a list of those people who bought from you and then put them into like, you know, active campaign, MailChimp, intercom, like anything like that? Um, not right now. Cause I actually kind of want to change the way that I'm, um, selling prints online. Like long story short is I was in India with terrible internet. So I just kind of did what I could. And now I want to, um, redesign it, but I do have a newsletter and I think it's basically the same people. Okay. No problem. But we want to have a clear distinction, which is why I would love for you when you're looking at solutions to build your store up for sales. Mm-hmm. I loved that you did it to get it done. I loved that during a pandemic, when everything was shutting down, you're thinking, I'm going to pivot and show up in a new way. I'm going to love that you learned a whole bunch of lessons. So now that you know what you know, mm-hmm. it's time for you actually to build it from the ground up the way that you need it. And the way that you need it will come on the back of being able to distinguish who is a paying customer and who's on your newsletter list. So on the inside of Social Curator, we have a massive email list, but we can segment that list by people who are paying for Social Curator, people who have opted in to a variety of different opt-ins or send to an entire list. So what I want you to do in the future is be able to segment your list on who has bought from you before. Now, there is a good chance that... I'm just going to guess. Did you have more than a thousand people buy prints? No. So did you have more than 500 people buy prints? No. Okay. So do you mind if I ask how many people bought prints? I think it was about six and I can tell you exactly. I mean, it was my avatar client, 29 professional lives in a city and nothing outside of that. 
oh, this is giving me life. (laughs) Because the beauty of starting something small means that you have the ability to create a community of evangelists for your work. But what they experienced with you, Jess, was a transaction. What they did was support you while you were in India. But what we want them to do is help get your next customer. Right. So what I would love for you to do is for you to go on Vidyard, V-I-D-Y-A-R-D, or Loom, or BombBomb, any sort of video email capabilities, and you're going to sit in front of it, and you are going to say, hi, Jasmine, you bought a print for me when I was in India, and you were one of my very first customers. I'm just reaching out to say Thank you. It meant the world to me. I'm looking forward to restarting my store. Let me know when I do it. If you want to hear, if you want to check it out, I'd love for you to be one of the first people since you supported me. You're going to keep the message less than a minute. You're not going to ramble. You're going to get to number one, thanking them. Number two, sharing the backstory. Number three, giving them an update. Number four, inviting them on the journey so that you have permission to email them again when the new store is up. I am telling you that of the six, I can guarantee if at least three people do not buy another print when your next store is up, I will buy three prints. I don't know how much your prints are, but I just want to prove a point so desperately for you to do this. And then what happens is people may share it on social. They may talk about you over a dinner party. Or when you go to your store and it's launched, they will be some of the people to say, oh, I just bought this print. When you are in your store, one of the things I want you to do is to set it up for social sales. So much so that if I went to your store and I bought a print, what I want you to be able to do in a dream world would be integration for me to go to Twitter or to go to Facebook and say, I just bought this print from at Jess or whatever the case may be. And so I'm letting people know what it is I'm doing. No, there's going to be a massive push in 2022 for companies to do integrations on social for people to broadcast what it is they're buying. So what you're going to do is create personal relationships that then can scale on the back of social. Now, I would never ask you to do something that I have not done. When we were going into a promotion on the inside of Social Curator, we called it the lifetime sale. We've never done it before and we will likely never do it again. But it was the opportunity for people to invest $1,500 and be a lifetime member because we needed to self-fund growth on the inside of Social Curator. We created an interest list, a wait list. Over a thousand people were on that list. And I made one minute videos for every single person on that list. I spent hours. And do you want to know what? We had this lofty, hairy, scary, audacious goal. And we beat it. We beat it. We made almost $600,000 in one hour. Because we're amazing? No. Because we're awesome? No. Because our offer was just ridiculous and sick and powerful? No. (laughs) Is that people freaking believe. And we just need you to get people to believe in you and your ability to see them. That's just sales in 2022. That's just exactly where it is. So little recap, you're going to reach out to the six people who bought from you. You're going to record a less than one minute video outlining what it is that you did, how you think them, where you are, what you're doing, and you're going to invite them to follow you the journey. And when you launch your brand new store, It will be integrated for social scaling. You will be um, be able to integrate it into an email service provider where you can start segmenting lists. 
You could also segment your list according to the year that they bought or the collection they bought or the country they bought. So if ever you decide to launch your next collection for India prints, you're going to go back to people who bought from India before and say, we've updated the gallery. Take a look at it. You're going to create a customized experience for people to buy a luxury item like one of your prints. They are going to be the people who will take your business to the next level in 2022. Amazing. Thank you. I appreciate you, Jess. Is there anything else that I can do to be a service? Um, I just have one other question. With the core people that I have, do you have any extra advice for like bringing in new people who don't know about it? Like in between? Yes. Um, these people, we go back to sales and you don't get for what you don't ask for. If you want right. them to tell their friends, you have to be able to ask them to tell their friends, but you can't really right. ask, like, tell your friends, which is why <laughs> that one minute video of you saying, can I send you the gallery when it's done? And then they say, or can, I'm, I'm launching the gallery tomorrow. Can I follow up tomorrow? And most they're going to say yes, because right. it's a personal message from you. Yeah. And then when you follow up, you're going to be able to say, this is so amazing. It would be so amazing if you invited two friends to take a look at the store. And then you give them, if you have, if somebody signs up and they said, and you can ask for like a referral, if somebody says that like Stephanie sent them, I'll send you a four by six print as a thank you gift. Right, right. You okay. want to incentivize the recommendation. You want to ask for their permission. You want to make sure that they're cool to do with it. And you want to spread a little extra love to actually ensure that they're sending people your way. Amazing. Thank you so much for the mindset shifts and the practical, tactical and everything. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And, and I guess I guess a caveat, I had said that it was the lifetime sale. I meant it's the forever sale, the forever sale. So there it is. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was going back. I'm like making things up. Jess, I appreciate you. How can people find you and your amazing print shop and what you're doing in the world? So my website is jessmac.com. That's M-A-C and socials are at the Jess Mac. I appreciate you, Jess. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Judith and I am trying to, not to fangirl hard over here either, but I love you and Social Curator is my absolute lifeline. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, I am a self-love coach and a moon mother. I help women to reclaim their divine feminine power so they can live fully and become the woman they are born to be. And my question is, um, how to make sales without being salesy, pushy, Forcey, which you kind of touched base a little bit previously, but more like from the place of the flow of the flow instead of like, you know, just sounding pushy, salesy, or forcing it. The, the cadence in which we create and post will dictate the pressure points that people want. So the iteration of my business started off as a creator a photographer. And uh, then I would start speaking and teaching. And when I put out content, the, the topics that started resonating a lot with people was what I based my business decisions on. So once I knew I was creating a product or an offer based on what people stated they wanted, the sales came easier. I noticed that the sales were so much more difficult when I was creating an offer I thought was amazing. And for so long, back in, goodness gracious, 2016, I think it was 2015. In 2015, I had launched um, an Instagram course and I stuck my heels in the mud. I did not want to launch an Instagram course. And I had somebody stop me because I wanted to create a branding course. I love branding. I love talking about this. And nobody was asking me for a branding course. And so then what happened was on the advice of a friend, a mentor, he said, 
the thing that I see everybody asking for you is not branding. They're asking you for an Instagram course. So I had to take a step back and say, what are people asking for? And the minute I created something that people had stated they wanted, it was then a state of flow. Now, that does not mean that I did not ask for the sale. It did not mean I was apologetic about the sale. It did not mean that I didn't have an email funnel and a sequence and a way to cultivate and a clear call to action and a deadline. All of those things existed. But the flow and the state, because the offer was based on what somebody wanted. So my question first and foremost would be, are you 100% assured and in alignment that the offer you are presenting as a self-love coach is what somebody actually wants? With most of my coaching, I would say yes, but I can definitely probably do more, I guess, market research or just interview people on my other services like courses and things like that. Because I haven't done that much and I haven't gotten so much feedback about that. Oh, so you have such a gift. You're sitting on a treasure box of insights. Anybody, so studies have shown that a person who has bought from you before is seven times likely to buy from you again. So your hottest customers, your hottest leads are people who've already bought from you. So if you reach out to them, maybe they've gone through a course. Maybe they went through like a a four-week coaching series with you. And you said, what did you like? the most, what would you like to go deeper on? And then at the same time, you must ask, what did not resonate with you? What would you not like to see? And then all of a sudden you start getting feedback and the patterns totally appear. Now, let's say you put together a course on X and you're like, it was great. I don't really want to talk about X, but you have your audience who's gone through X. Ask that audience what they liked. And you might be surprised, Judith, that they say, oh, I really liked this thing that you talked about here. And then it lights a fire in you. And they have already said, somebody's already paid you. They want to know more about that topic. It makes you excited. And you could see that there is an offer extension here. Then you put together the course, the curriculum, and then you offer it to your previous clients as a beta test. Say, I'm thinking about launching this thing that they already told you they liked. Say, it's going to be X, but I would invite you to uh, try it with me and give me feedback for, and traditionally it's about a 50% discount offer. So you're not doing this as a moneymaker. You're doing it to what? Number one, test the market. Number two, get built-in testimonials. Number three, buttress your offer so that if this group of people likes it, there's a really good chance that the other outward facing group will like it because they've already, they've distilled it for you. So the question goes back to how am I in a state of flow when it comes to sales? And then you said, I am pretty certain that the offers I do have have been very good in what people asked for. But then you said, maybe I could do market research. And you coached yourself, Judith. And what I did was I just gave a framework to how you get the feedback that leads to the next offer that is then insulated by previous people who've invested with you and then is taken outward facing. And everything they say about it, what they loved about it, the transformation, the testimonials, aka the results, that's what you're going to lead your marketing with so that the sales are then in a state of flow. There is a lot of back-end work to make it look and feel like it's in a state of flow when you're in it, but it's so worth it. And I say this now, Judith, as somebody who did exactly what I'm asking you to do. People kept on telling me, just tell me how to get sales. Tell me how to get sales. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about sales. Like we want to talk about relationship because you build a relationship when it comes to like, no, 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 I need the framework. So what I did, Judith, I put together a curriculum. I put it out to a group of people. We beta tested it on the inside of social curator. 
and they ripped it to shreds. And I'm so happy they did because I was teaching what I thought should be taught. And they said, we want to learn what you want to teach in a way that is helpful for us. And guess what, Judith? Rewrote the entire thing. And I freaking love it. So on the outside, Judith, what people are going to see, that Jasmine, she just knows how to sell. No, I don't. I know how to make an offer based on things that if people have asked for, I have distilled it. I have sat in the suck. I have listened. I have rewritten. I have climbed the mountain twice. And now ah, what people see is flow. And what I will feel, I'm saying it, I will feel flow on the back of doing all the work necessary to get to that point. So Judith, how does this feel for you right now? Yeah, it sounds like a huge help indeed. Um, I have one question about it though. So you say I should interview my hot clients or like my previous clients mm -hmm. more than let's say, I don't know, do polls on social media who, mm -hmm. for people who follow me mm -hmm. who might have not worked with me. Mm -hmm. So you think it's better to do the hot people first and then, or oh, yes. Oh yes. A, a thousand percent. Number one, okay. because they already know you, they know what they can ask and they can give honest opinions. Like if nothing else, what I learned in this beta, <laughs> in the beta test that we test for this course, they're very comfortable with me and they're just going to say exactly what it is. I could never get that. I can never get that type of honesty or candor outward facing. And oftentimes people don't even know what they want to buy. Your customers who've gone through your experience, there's a gap here. I just wish, I just wish Jasmine would do this. I wish Judith would do this. They're the people who are going to tell you what you want because they already know. They see the gap in your offerings. They will fill the gaps. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. Because I think I've done it before on Instagram where I would just do a poll and it was crickets <laughs> for people who mm. haven't worked with me before. Yeah. Of course, because they don't really know what they're asking for, Judith. And your job as a strong business owner is to give them an irresistible offer that they look at that and they think, that's it. how did she know? She know because she spent time with her previous clients. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Judith, how help. can people find you? And how can people find more self-love with working with you? Yes, um, I'm on Instagram at healthy and loved. And this, I have a website, which is um, healthyandloved.com as well. That's beautiful. Thank you, Judith. I appreciate Thank you, you so much. I Thank love it. Thank you. Weren't those questions so good? I love listening to Jasmine spill the tea on the key to making sales, and I hope you did too. If you received value from this podcast, please let us know in an iTunes review. Reviews take just a few minutes to write, and they help our podcast get discovered by other small businesses just like you. So if you have a moment to let us know what you like about the show in a review, our team will be forever grateful. Until next time, I hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.